0: Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I nico for more information. Your adventure awaits.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about everything you can do with a life coaching certification and with me is one of my favorite people in the world, Noël Cordo.
0: Yay! One of your favorite
1: people. It's a true story.
0: That's awesome. I yes. feel the same way about you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, just keep those videos coming where you climb on rocks.
1: <laughs> How many favorite people do you have? Like 10. Oh, okay. I was gonna, if you had like thousands, then it the, the compliment wouldn't, you know, hit his, hit his heart.
0: <laughs> wouldn't land as hard. Yeah. Cool. So let's get into it. You yes. know, a lot of people uh, ask us, what can you do with a life coaching certification? What does it mean to be a life coach? How does it work? And I wish there was a black and white answer. So hopefully today we can give a well-rounded, multifaceted answer.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Indeed. So I thought it would be fun to start with our stories because our stories are so diverse. And you and I have both done a ton of different things in the life coaching arena.
1: Yes, um, and also the 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 life coaching certification, it's you know, and we'll get into this. it's it, you know, its it means something different depending on where you get certified.
0: Mm-hmm. It means something different depending on where you get certified, and depending on what you want to do as well. So I started out as an executive coach. I went to graduate school for executive coaching and organizational development, master's level program. And that's where I began my journey in the world of coaching and the world of executive coaching is very different and distinct from the world of life coaching. And when I got in there, um, I really didn't quite like it so much.
1: What did you, let me ask you this. um, When you were swimming toward executive coaching, what was the vision you had for that?
0: You know, I've been coaching for 10 years and I've had to learn how to gauge my own self-worth and my own credibility based on my internal compass versus an external compass or external validation or letters after your name or a certain degree program or whatever. And when I was starting out, I was young. I first discovered the field of coaching and applied positive psychology when I was 26 And it wasn't until I was 28 that I went into my first program and I chose the program that I did because it was a big name business school, uh, because it had a professional organization that was affiliated with it and because it sounded fancy and seemed important.
1: Yeah. You know, I noticed that, uh, on the East coast, culturally, uh, PhDs and, and, um, you know, college education in general, uh, is placed a lot higher i think than on the west coast.
0: Yeah, i would absolutely agree. Yeah. And it's it's really and it's also, you know, based on the fabric of my family of origin too. Mm, Education mm. was a very important in the story right. of, you know, that my family told about what you're supposed to do with your time. Sure. And so, you know, when i was starting out, those things were were super important to me and in an emerging field like coaching, It's really hard to establish uh, that level of professional credibility because at the time when I was doing it at age, you know, 27, 28, 10 years ago, trying to convince people that I was credible, um, was my problem (laughs) mentally and emotionally. It wasn't, I didn't have a problem finding clients. I didn't have a problem finding work. And it it was, it was actually an internal thing that I had to overcome over the Mm. years.
1: So with executive coaching, what was it about? What was it about that that turned you off that made you decide this is not what I
0: want? So, you know, it was really, um, it was, So coaching is a really is really cool in that, you know, the the basic premise of coaching, whether you're an executive coach or an athletic coach or a life coach or a health coach or whatever, is that you're helping somebody get from point A to point B to become a better version of themselves. So the premise is the same, and and hypothetically speaking, uh, anyone can coach anyone on anything. So there I was, um, you know, 27, 28 years old, uh, coaching folks who were twice my age, who were high-level executives, and I was doing really well at it because I'm good at Socratic questioning. I'm very intuitive. I was I'm good at my job. It was listening to the stories of the people that I coached that made me feel really sad. And I realized that when you're executive coaching, when you're coaching folks you know, for performance, and a lot of times their emotions are so um, all over the place with the long hours, with the expectations, with the culture, with the pressure, the humans are just fine. It's the institutional cultures that they're subject to that are the problem. And I just thought that it was um, a difficult space to work in because there was nothing that you could really do to help the humans as long as they insisted upon being subject to the institutions that were hurting them.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think for me, if I was helping someone... Uh, just focusing on their performance, I would be able to see uh, their human side and think that I'm also in a way, maybe not helping them uh, in a wellness sense.
0: (laughs) Right, you know, exactly. You know, I I remember really vividly, there was this one gentleman that I coached, who's brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, He traveled all the time. He woke up at 4.30 every morning so that he could exercise because he had that commitment to himself to be physically healthy. He put in 12-hour days. He was killing himself. He didn't have personal relationships. He didn't have a relationship with his wife. He didn't have a relationship with his children. And I asked him, why are you doing this? And he said that it's because I've made a commitment to my kids to send them to certain schools and I need to follow through.
1: Yeah, so that wasn't. it wasn't really for him.
0: No, it wasn't for him. He was sacrificing for others, which is totally no- noble and legit and real. But that was really the tipping point for me, where I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I don't want it to be about performance. I don't want it to be about money. I want to help people dig out of real life situations and transform their lives in really tangible, tangible ways.
1: Yeah, Wow, this is really interesting. Now, yeah. uh, my story is completely different, and I guess that's what makes uh, Noel and I and our partnership very interesting. I started life coaching um, not by choice, just because I, I couldn't afford an office and because I uh, wanted to do things that, was, that were unconventional. So it was uh, a way of me to uh, run a practice that was honest to me uh, without having to, um, you know, uh, deal with the board since I was Mm -hmm. a therapist. So yeah, so life coaching for me was more of like a survival survival thing.
0: But you did some really interesting things. So talk about the early group coaching with the Tumblr block.
1: Yeah, so I just I thought, you know, uh, we can use technology to really experiment and connect people. And um, so I, I with a Tumblr blog I decided to to do a group blog and uh, this is back when dial up was up so even though vid- no one was on video no one was uh using FaceTime and things like that so um but blogging was was power, uh, powerful and also uh popular so I used a Tumblr blog where we all had passwords into it and so I ran a group technically um with words <laughs> so people mm-hmm. would would comment and engage via words and that was a safe space because it was secure and password protected. Uh, but then, you know, I, when Google Hangouts first came out, I ran a group. Um, and it's funny because some people were on dial-up on uh, Google Hangouts. And there was about seven of us. And there was – so I remember someone was from Chicago. And someone, they were just from different parts of the world. And I remember closing that MacBook, finishing the group and thinking, okay, this is going to change the world. And so now, you know, group, group workers online is very common
0: hundred percent. And so, you know, I think that one of the things that I want to highlight for folks is that when John and I started 10 years ago that now John's talking about, this was before he and I ever met, we both knew that we wanted to do something different and our path didn't exist. There's no roadmap that says, oh, this is how you build a life coaching practice. This is how you build a life coaching company. And so we literally just had to experiment and figure it out. And if you're listening and you're wondering what you can do, you can do the same thing that we did and just try and play around and figure it out. Um you after sh- you should
1: do that. You should do that because that's where you come up with more ideas. Um I mean at one time I uh in a coffee shop in K Town I had uh, about 5 or 6 people meeting me weekly and it was because they couldn't afford, you know, a $100 session, so they paid like a drop-in fee as you would, you know, at a fitness studio. So they paid about 30 bucks and I started running groups inside a quiet coffee shop in K-town.
0: Yeah, and so groups has been a consistent theme for you throughout
1: your career. Yeah, I've always been trying to run away from it, but the universe puts me right back in.
0: So let's let's follow it through. So you then you ran a, a men's entrepreneurial group. Yep. And then I did that out of my house. Yep, you ran that out of your house. And then uh fast forward to when you formed a group collective of coaches under the Angry Therapist, that's when I joined the team. We were using Google Hangouts at that time for sure.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. And there was like someone in a mall and yeah, right. So that's another example of uh group work happening in that way. Um and then also I ran groups at Mindset in the CrossFit Box weekly.
0: Yes. You gra- and then you ran groups for Airbnb?
1: Yes. They hired me. Um and I did my own. And so that was on the beach and in the uh the Hollywood Hills I ran groups.
0: And people come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. And I mean now that I'm like talking about it saying it out loud, um, starting from nonprofit running groups for kids all the way to Today, um, that's kind of been the 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 spine of my story is creating tribes, groups,
0: creating tribes, creating spaces for people to actualize.
1: Yeah, and it's like even if um, you know, so next month I'm going to Bali, and again I'm running. I, they got they hired me to run a group.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And so all of these different things, you know, this is just through the lens of groups. And listen to all of the different things that John. Did throughout his career as a life coach, you know, coffee shops, beaches, retreats, online, Google Hangouts, group blogging, so diverse, so diverse. So when I, as I like to call it, jumped out of the matrix, um, I didn't know what to do or where to start. And so I went back to my story. Mm. At that point in my life, my marriage was falling apart. I was recovered from eating disorders, but I still was suffering from the remnants of a lack of confidence. And I knew that I needed to get out of my marriage. It was incredibly unhealthy. I knew that I needed to recover uh, from eating disorders. And I knew that I needed to figure out how to make money and how to be an adult and how to live on my own and how to survive. And so what I did was I said, I'm going to teach other people how to do this.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. And I started um, pitching talks on confidence to anyone that would have me. And so I pulled together what I had learned in my initial coach training. I pulled together tenets of positive psychology and I put together these little presentations on the science of happiness and the science of confidence. And I joined Toastmasters to start learning how to get good at public speaking. And it was terrifying. Uh, But I forced myself to do it. And this is like smack in the middle of me getting divorced at now age 29. and. I spoke to women's cancer survivor groups. I spoke on college campuses. I spoke in dorms. I started working with some eating disorder recovery groups um, on on the college campus where I worked. I started working with some trans students groups on body image recovery. And that really led me into my interest in human sexuality and gender studies. Mm. And every time I got out there and I spoke, One or two people would come up to me afterwards and either say, hey, can I work with you? Or I have a mother, I have a sister, I have a friend who would really benefit from hearing your message. Can I connect you? And slowly I started to build a word of mouth practice that way.
1: That's really interesting. I love what you said when you said you didn't know you went back to your story. Mm-hmm. and uh, I really think that we underestimate the power of our stories and how they unfold. I, I, I love studying stories, so um, it does two things. One, it, when you study your story, you realize there's something happening greater than you, so it pulls you out of the trenches. Um, and two, when you study your story and you kind of see the unfolding and where it's going, you start to trust it because you realize that there's a purpose or something happening.
0: Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time. But every time I gave my lectures, and I gave my speeches, I was reinforcing my own concept of self efficacy. I was teaching myself the tenets of confidence by teaching them to other people. Right. And I was forced to embody it over the years.
1: Let's also talk about um just switching gears a little bit because we're running out of time. Um you know, when it comes to certifications, I get a lot of questions about what it means as far as value. Yeah. And, it, and it's very different than when you're a therapist. Uh,
0: absolutely. And and I and I want to make sure that we also hit on some of the really cool stuff that a lot of our coaches are doing too just mm-hmm. to give, you know, a lens, but um what a certification Does at baseline is give you knowledge, gives you data, gives you empirically based, academically sourced, scholarly validated tools, tips, and techniques. Everything that I do stands on the science of applied positive psychology. And if I had not gone out there and chased education in different fragmented ways to give myself the foundation that I need, I wouldn't be as good as I am today at my craft. Right. So a certification gives you the knowledge that you need to ethically coach people. It teaches you what to do when you have a live human in front of you and gives you the theoretical foundation to feel confident that, yes, you know what the hell you're doing. Um, And then it depends on what field you're in. Right. So in the world of wellness, very few people look for certifications. If I tell somebody in the world of wellness, I'm a life coach, they're like, oh, cool. You know, That's great. If I go into the medical model and I tell somebody I'm a life coach, they kind of give me a side eye. And then I have to say, and I've been through five graduate programs and I'm a CEO. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, (laughs) you know. So it's it, it depends on who your audience is.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're like, um, you know, the certifications are very common now. There's certifications in yoga. There's certifications in, in fitness and CrossFit. Um, if you're helping someone, there's there's a certification for that.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it, and it feels good. It feels validating to have that little stamp under your belt to give you the confidence to say, you know, I'm a certified coach. This is what I do. I've, I've earned that letter. Um, so – let's talk about what our certified coaches do. So number one at Journey, what we do, we train folks and we, we certify folks in graduate level evidence-based life coaching technique. We are an ICF accredited coach training program. And when folks go through our program, they gain confidence through our community. And they also circle back around with us to, um, Talk about what they want to do with their time. So just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about Bruce, who works for Bulletproof Labs. Bulletproof approached him to give a talk on um, how to harness your creativity as a performer. And he ran a workshop for Bulletproof, um, which was awesome. It was the first time he's ever done it. Ty is out there running his first seminars on biohacking all over LA. Heidi is developing retreats in Costa Rica. Virginia is in Massachusetts. She has an annual retreat every year that brings all of her clients together, and she has a booming business that focuses on women. Um, Kelly works with women and parents, um, Stacy works with parents as they're co-parenting to be able to turn to each other and, um, and lean on each other for validation of each other's strengths, which I think is a really gorgeous approach. Tina and Pat are out there rocking and rolling. They're building their own large scale communities and holding events all over the country. Um, who else is doing cool stuff? I mean, there's so many,
1: um, John climbs rocks.
0: John climbs rocks, and we're very <laughs> proud of him for all that he does. Cookies yeah. all day for John.
1: Yes, and you know the reminder I was gonna gonna mention as you're saying all these people doing these amazing things is how different the the the, the everything is uh, the demographic, what they're doing, who they're speaking to, um, oh, and yeah. so I, I I really want you to, um, and by you I'm talking about the listener, not Noelle. Uh, I I want you to to to. to Erase this idea that you may have of what life coaching looks like because right now it's growing at such a a, a wide pace, especially with uh, social media and all the things that we can do. Um, it's endless on what you can do and, and it, your practice, quote unquote, may be something that you haven't even thought about. It, it may evolve into something that is a completely different and unique that isn't just a uh, one-on-one sessions.
0: A hundred percent. Alice is an influencer. She just launched a clothing line. Emily is a makeup artist and uses life coaching to help women gave, gain confidence as they sit for professional portraits.
1: Mm, I love that. Right? I, lo- I love how creative people are getting with this.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yep.
1: amazing.
0: And, and it, it, it's all the combination of your story, your passion, your interest, and getting brave enough to speak up and put your voice out there into the world.
1: Yes. So if you guys have an urge, a calling, a feeling to help people and do it in a way that is, that is honest to you and you can want to be really creative about it, you can come get certified with us at Journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: All right, guys. Be well.
0: Have a great one.